0: This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, day traders going short, hairdressers to the world of football and garbos on the recycle run. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet... Enjoy in the jumper! It's time to bump! It's time to thump! It's time to bludge! Ugh. Put him out Aussies, pull him up and pack him down for another blast of bludging on the blindside. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, HG Nelson, hook another lucky trout, HG.
1: Yes, uh, TF much, uh, Orcus. Submariner and our moonshot rocketeer, Cedric Esped, Stump A.O. Torching the Blindside Blue Paper once again. Yes, that's the sound of the Sumpster. The Sumpster camped in the Bludging on the Blindside soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ. Australia, the nation, welcome to Bludging on the Blindside. H.E. Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week. What an incredible week. A week when too much sport is barely enough. Now, I know I say that every week and I could put it on a loop and just run it and play it in, but I choose not to. I choose to bring the freshness of how exciting the week was and how much sport was crammed into the week and, you know, the concept of too much sport. It takes you a while to get a head around it and barely enough. So I say it every week with the enthusiasm that I said it originally last week. Now, the 2023 final series is swamping us, and so much excitement, so much unbelievable excitement, real high-quality excitement, unprecedented excitement. Bludgers, as you know, the blindsider's focus, or the blindsider community, focuses on the spirit of rugby league and its ethical obligation. That commitment is baked into our DNA. We don't resile from that. It's right in there, along with the currants and the fruit and nuts. Now, and again, the EO is being challenged this month like never before with several expensive venues going, still going dark this weekend and still no leadership from Feathers, Abdo and the Oracle on what to do about it. I did suggest to them midweek that they form a trio and play old cream classics and see if somebody had come along because I'm sure that people would love to see Abdo on the bass and singing is uh, playing the drums, Ginger Baker style, and of course, uh, guitar. Well, uh, the Oracle selects himself. But before we probe recent results, a quick update from the States. Uh, the 2024 Rugby League OS Spree is, as you know, being promoted as NRL Unleashed. And will involve stars of Australian screen, fashion, and cuisine. In breaking news, rooting King and his yo-yos have been booked into Caesar's Palace for a week leading up to March the twenty, the March second explosion of league action. It's part of the say Good Day avalanche of Aussie acts that will be on the Las Vegas touchline for the doubleheader. Yo, bro, the king and his yo-yos is an unbelievable display of hoof and twirling that has thrilled visitors and industry bigwigs at the RKO Lodge for years. There are still a few sticking points in the contract to be ironed out, like uh, music to accompany the actor. Obviously, Vegas wanted acts like Rie, Bublé. The king won't have any of that. Oh, no, those acts, they won't be within cooey of the king. Anyway, those still to be ironed out, that sort of detail, and... Um, also, there's a hefty stage backstage rider concerning oats and loosen and all that sort of stuff and water and quality and. But the Kings people are working with the Palace people to make it happen, so that's really good news. Meanwhile, very big news erupted from League headquarters midweek. Uh, the Australasian Hotelier of the Year and League Supremo Manfredus Pinnavilantis has pounced again, pounced again, and snapped up the Woolooware Bay Hotel. Now, this is part of a $250 billion buy-up by the League of Suburban Pubs to future-proof the greatest game of all. Future-proof is a tricky tricky concept to get a head around, but the Willoware front bar is within walking distance of Mould Central, a.k.a. Shark Park, and joins the Gambaro Hotel in Caxton Street as the pillars holding up the Volantis push into the heady world of hospitality. Punters every schooner of sherry every tumbler of Terps, every mug of Merlot and every pint pot of port will go to supporting the greatest game of all. To coin a phrase, the future of the game will be floated on the punt and piss. No better future can be imagined, ladies and gentlemen, than that at the moment. Busted-ass players will be able to work in the league-owned pubs during the off-season, turning a nice quid, pulling beers and doing the stuff in the bottle shop. That... Money won't be deducted from their salary cap and uh, obligations and so they can come and work in the off-season and still earn a nice quid during the, obviously, the rugby league season. I did notice, looking at some drone pictures of the Willowware, that there are some trees attached to the hotel and these trees could be a convenient place to ease the congestion in the Shark Park changing rooms. Now, the big news does not stop there. Tina the Musical is inked to be the entertainment at the Big Dance. <laughs> the Big Dance, only a couple of weeks away now. God. That Nutbush City Limits, simply the best Proud Mary sort of gear. If you love that, you're in for a real treat. Yes, relive the glory days of League when Tina was the sound of big hits, head highs and groin strain. Uh, Now, let's probe probe a couple of results from out, because there's only a couple of results to probe, really, from out where the sprinklers spray and stand as one and remember the Knights v Raiders clash of last Sunday afternoon. What a game, a game they will be talking about when all the others are cracked, boxed and buried. This was the reason they invented the league in the first place. Um, Sticky, a.k.a. Smearson, a.k.a. The Angry Ant, a.k.a. Angry, angry, a.k.a. the game's greatest thinker, he simply said when the boys came into the sheds after the stink, it wasn't us out there. Uh, people looked at him blankly. He said, no, it wasn't us. It was somebody far better than we'll ever be who played the, uh, that match in uh, last Sunday. It was an incredible game. Uh, and that is an enormous rap from the game's greatest thinker because no one could come up with a comment like that. Rural and regional rugby league stood up and bellowed, despite the problems, the lack of jumping castles, the pie warmer never turned on, the urns, the lack of support from head off office, we're not dead yet. Uh, the highlight of a bad uh, of bad from Jones, the Jones on Sunday was uh, Jack Whiten's munch on Tyson Gamble's arm. Face it, when a forearm is jammed into your mouth, all you can do is chomp. I mean, I've had that experience myself. You're going down in a tackle, you've caught the ball in a difficult position, somebody's gone head high, the best you can do is open the mouth, uh, get a breath, and all of a sudden you've got forearm in there. The only thing you can do is close the mouth. Uh, that was the defence from the Canberra away, who will link up with the Coachwood and Myrtle next year. He's been given three weeks on the pine to think about dentistry as a concept. Sadly, missing uh, Vegas. Uh, they are hopeful that he might have got into, into a couple of test sides uh, between now and then to lessen the... Well, they're not sure whether they'll allow him to do that, so that's got to go back to the beak anyway. Uh, so he might be there sooner than we think when the season kicks off. Now, last Thursday night... That's not just, you know, a couple of days ago, but before the storm were held scoreless by Brisbane Broncos. Kevin posse stomped all over the south of the border uh, outfit Tune, 26 to blot. When they came into the sheds post hooter at Suncorp, the scoreless ones used words uh, to explain what happened, and I've got a language warning here. They used, uh, they described what had happened, uh, you know, up there, you know, Kevin's lot, etc. cetera, 26 to nil, as putrid and dog shit, dog shit. Now, as you know, I don't tolerate language, especially when discussing rugby league, but the Storm were putrid and the back end of the dog gear, well, it did come to mind. uh, It's better to leave that to the imagination. Last night in the league, uh, it was the Fowls v. the Squalls at the Rectangular in Melbourne, and the jingle went when the Hooter blew something like this, Storm 18, Roosters 13. So the Storm will waddle out to take on the um, mighty Penrith next week in the prelim. And then this afternoon in the Shaky Isles, it's Nukes v. Warriors to see who gets a crack at Brisbane in the uh, other prelim. Kick-off today, 4.05 Eastern. Now, AFL finals last night at the G, the uh, semi-final between Carlton and uh, Melbourne was billed as a farewell to the murderer, and it didn't disappoint. I mean, it was just a great display of uh, football to the death. Blues, 11-7-73 Ds. Horribly inaccurate. Nine seventeen seventy one. The Blues win by two points. The D's only really have themselves to blame and their boots. Uh, tonight it's Port Power versus the Giants at Adelaide Oval, with a team of to- Tom and Toby Green taking on the wilting power of uh, wil- the wilting power at Adelaide Oval. The bounce is at about seven forty p.m. Eastern. The, but the big news this week was Maynard, the spiritual leader of the Pies, was freed by the tribunal to play in next week's prelim. This is wonderful news for those who missed the story. Maynard clobbered D-star Angus Brayshaw, who was knocked out for two minutes on the ground, completely out cold. You don't often see that happen, but uh, and I'm not sure how he actually achieved it. It was as though he had a ballpoint hammer in his shorts and he pulled it out and clocked him over the head. This uh, set a, a new standard. Well, for the competition as a whole, really. I mean, every age level, every regional, et cetera, everybody can do it now. On the way to work today, for instance, I saw several youngsters doing a Maynard in the age competitions and being encouraged by the coaches to keep at it because the murderer rubber stamped head high contact midweek. That's how I see it. I mean, uh, I did speak to one kid and said, why aren't you playing? He said, oh, it would be Maynard. He got me in the first minute and uh, it's now part of the game. It's now part of the furniture. It's now part of the fabric of AFL. Many parents are now encouraging their youngsters to get involved with the AFL just because of it. What a legacy from the murderer. Rugby union the old gold fruit and nut, aka the Wallabies, have blown away the competition in France. Last Sunday they made a whole, well... They made the competition set up a notice with a demolition job on Georgia. Tune with a solo and see on alto, if you don't mind. Maestro, nutty, one's 35, Georgia 15. Next up, the dangerous Fijian lineup to be played early Monday morning. Now, to get the blindside barge away from the wharf for another week, it's time to ask the man who is the voice of hope to step up for a spray. This week, the voice who incorporates the ethical obligation is, again, focused on the cost-of-living crisis. But what I'm telling tell you this war prices, as you know, have gone berserk. And some Australians are doing it, wait for it, double tough. Obviously, a lot of Australians are doing it tough and some are doing it double tough. Incidentally, operatives in the shelf-stacking space have spotted 180-gram blocks of Cadbury's Old Gold Jamaica rum and raisin dark chocolate. And wait for it, the price point, two for $8. Two for $8. That's incredible value. And you can join the fruit and nut revolution today by simply picking up a block or two. So we get to the point of uh, introducing this Roy of Hope. It belongs to the activator one, Rampaging Roy Slavin, who, wait for it, is the best in the business, always gets the job done, no doubt about it. He's obviously, like everyone else, super excited to be here, And in 1964, he found an alien family in the boot of an F.J. Holden while doing renovations at St. Pat's Presbytery, Lithgow. Lithgow. He spoke uh, to their leader at some length through signs and hand gestures and found out the family had just arrived from the planet Coosbane. He's obviously speaking to you today on the condition of anonymity. Get it? He can't be revealed as, you know, knowing this information. I mean, this is going to revolutionise our whole thinking about science. Roy, happy Rugby League. Can we get the bludging bunny in motion once again by asking what highlights got your restless eye this week fully sick cyber news?
2: Yes, thank you very, very, very much, uh, HG Nelson, and, of course, happy Rugby League to you, of course, HG, and, of course, to your, uh, your family, and happy Rugby League to all decent, fair-minded, hard-working Aussies who still dream. Who still like to dream. Who harbour dreams of Aussie glory. Glory that makes us proud of being Aussies. Those sorts of dreams. They're the dreams we have. Aussie Ange Postacoglu is nominated as FIFA Coach of the Year. Uh, This is an Aussie that's keeping many dreams alive. He's keeping the dreams of the fans of the Tottenham Hotspur at the moment, alive at the moment, and they haven't been alive for a long, long time. It's great to see. Um, Now, the Socceroos draw in a friendly with Mexico. We should have won this one. I think we had it all stitched up and then uh, just lost a little concentration, which uh, can happen at this stage with the Socceroos. It's up to Coach Arnold to uh, get them a little bit more focused on the job. And uh, they're just lacking what I'd call that killer instinct. Uh, you know they they get in front and uh, just sit on their hands. Well, they've got to do a little bit more than this. I think they've got to they've got to work harder for Aussie dreamers who dream of their success like me. Uh, now, soccer Ashes battle. This is the Ashes battle with New Zealand. It's confirmed to take place in Brentford. Uh, now, this uh, match, this is a soccer game, hasn't been played since 1954, and I think from memory we might have broken the story. Of the, uh, the the cigar box the being cigars, found we in, the, in the garage, we did, and uh, this uh, reignited interest in the uh, ashes between Australia and New Zealand in soccer. And, and why and and now Brentford? It's going, well, I think all t- the, the teams are over there, or the, many of the players are just there at the time, playing for various clubs, and uh, they've decided that they'll use this uh, particular venue uh, to uh, mount the ashes again. And I think the. Uh, Uh, the uh, cigar box is going to be presented to the winner, or to the winning team and then that'll be taken back appropriately and uh, housed somewhere appropriately, either in New Zealand uh, or in Australia.
1: Isn't that great? It's it's
2: great news. Is
1: Sneezeby covering
2: in that? I've heard nothing from Sneezeby at all. Will you be able to bet on it? You'll certainly be able to bet on it, yes, yes, yes. But it's a beautiful story. Uh, It was lost. The the, uh, captains back in 1954 shared a couple of uh, cigars, it would seem, uh, after the match, Mm. uh, as one did in those days. It wasn't uncommon to see Captain City Around together, smoking, uh, smoking cigars, and they uh, put them out in this particular silver case, and the case was then presented to the winning team, which mm. was Australia on this occasion, and uh, it was then placed unfortunately, in, uh, in a garage. That's right, yes. And hidden away for all those years until it was stumbled upon, found by might have been the granddaughter of the original recipient. I mean, it's, what a story. I mean, there's a film. Filming. There is.
1: There is. Um,
2: the finding of the case and, of course, people were baffled at this case. What is it? And then they opened it up and saw the old cigar butts and thought, put two and two together <laughs> and uh, came up with ashes. Uh, wonderful story. and and it's good to see this thing being, uh, well, well, the history of it continuing, and long may it go, forever.
1: (laughs) Would you like to see this match?
2: I'd love to see the match, yes. I certainly hope it's going to be broadcast on free-to-air
1: TV. Thank you very much. And can you see a musical in the story as well? Uh, Perhaps, yes. Because it's got the elements of fun. It does, doesn't
2: it? Yes, yes. You stub out, I stub out, we stub out together, that sort of thing. Perfect. Something like that. Then you do the stubbers dance and what have you. Gear. Everyone comes on dressed in... Gear. Gear. And Football gear. Football gear. And yeah. some dressed and stars as And in some cigars. Ge- well, I hadn't thought of that, and, but that'd be great. And, yeah, and, the, and you could perhaps, uh, I don't know, Ritmeister or someone like that might plug in as a sponsor. <laughs> don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. there are wrinkles there, but no. that can be sorted out. Uh, Now, the Demon, Demon R, says, or he said prior to the Davis Cup being held, that the Australian Davis Cup team, led by him, is hungry. Oh. And that filled me with confidence. Uh, They weren't hungry enough to beat England, but uh, they defeated France, and now I think they take on Switzerland. Uh, It's a sort of round-robin format these days. The Davis Cup is nothing like the Davis Cup, as we recall, when we were, uh, that is, Australia. Australian tennis, that is, was in its pomp. Uh, we dominated Davis Cup there for decades, uh, so much so that the rest of the world lost interest. And now we've ended up with this confection. This confection mm. that's not really Davis Cup, but pretends to be. Uh, anyway, we're still in it. I thought we were out of it, but uh, we're still in it. So dreaming? The, the team is. Well, I'm still dreaming. Yeah, no, good. I, I'm sure our hard-working Aussies are dreaming too. Um, does it
1: still talk to people? Do you think the Davis I think,
2: Cup? Yes, I think it does. As
1: much as the US Open, say?
2: Well, uh, not too sure. Yeah. We, we, we could contemplate that. It might be a talkback topic yes, for Yes, very good. Uh, but in disturbing news, very disturbing news, I've just heard, I, I found out last night, a friend phoned me who just found out, that the Hopman Cup was won by Croatia over Switzerland in June of this year. <laughs> now, Australia That was, is disturbing news. Australia was it? not involved. Not involved at all. How did this happen? I thought the Hopman Cup was ours. ours. I thought we
1: invented
2: it. The Hopman it. Cup, we did. In Perth, remember? Yeah, that's right. It was a friendly team competition. You'd have, uh, you know, a, a male player and a female player from the one country and they'd represent their country. Singles. I think uh, little Martina Hingis and Roger Federer might have represented Switzerland, Switzerland on one occasion and I think they might have won it. Correct. And it was presented by Mrs. Hoffman. Is that right? Yes. That's how it was in Perth and it was a free to on the ABC. The ABC had that. The ABC invented that. Now... How it ended up overseas, owned by who knows? Mm-hmm. Saudis?
1: I don't know. Oh, I just use that
2: More as More a... questions than answers. Yeah, I, I can't get to the bottom right. of it. Mm. But we weren't involved. I mean, Tennis Australia, I've heard nothing.
1: No. Is it Craig Tiley who's in, train in charge of tennis? Well, the world's Not greatest a word doubles. out of Tiley! The world's greatest doubles player should know something. well nothing out of the Woodbridge? Or Woodford?
2: Nothing. Now, Djokovic wins the US Open... Snares his 24th slam equally. It equals now, I think, Margaret Court's record. Yes. Of 24 slams. Oddly enough, once he'd won his 24th, he then put on a a sort of jackety thing with 24 on it, anticipating his win, of course, and the rest of the family and in his box put him on as well. And then he received his trophy. And I thought, here's a bloke who has nothing but contempt for the sponsors. Exactly.
1: Or the there was, game?
2: There were no sponsors on or the game. On, yeah, he just covered all the sponsorship up. You know, ask me who sponsored him. I can't tell you. No, because no, no. that's when you're presenting presented with the cup. That's when you notice the sponsors. Yeah. So <gasps> if I was a sponsor, I'd I'd be furious. Yeah. So if you thought uh, you
1: know, and hmm. you're a great follower of sponsors, yeah, you know something like Man Shakes yes. if they were the sponsors, well they're not. They, but
2: let's say they no, are. Oh, huh? yeah,
1: I just made that but up. They would have been done it. Yeah, because if I made, I don't. They would have been totally done it. Yeah, exactly. All well, you saw was twenty four.
2: I mean, where does this bloke get off? Outraged. Outraged. Now, Medvedev, his opponent, prior to the match, said that uh, while he knows he's loved everywhere, his sense of humour sometimes make him look a villain. Whoa. Now, I would have said this probably suffered in translation, coming, you know, in his Russian and halting English. But it wasn't. He spoke it in English, so he knew what he was saying. Uh, But he's an odd fellow, Medvedev. Very odd fellow. A uh, very odd sense of humour, you'd have to say. Uh, when he uh, played Demonar, I think, in the lead-up to the final, uh, he took a 20-minute break yeah. where he just went off court and laughed. Terrific sense of humour. It's that Russian sense of humour that we don't I quite know. understand. Don't it's a get... totally different thing. Yeah, I is. mean, Russian funny men or funny people, uh, funny men and women. I don't know if you've seen many Russian comics. Very, very funny. Yes, uh, difficult to follow, yes, uh, yeah. totally impenetrable to me, even when they speak in English and have terrific English. I just don't get it. Mm. But it's not meant for me, I suppose. No. You know. but anyway, Medvedev's got it. If you like uh, watching funny people play tennis, watch if Medvedev. Want... Yeah. Mm. Now, India defeat Pakistan in the lead-up to the one-day Cricket World Cup by a world record total. They won by 228 runs. That's some win. <laughs> in, a in a one-day fixture. <laughs> in a one-day fixture. That's some win. Um, I was going to suggest that the Head-Warner opening combination might be our best since Langer and Hayden or Simpson and Laurie, but not more. I think uh, Head got bashed up. I think he got his uh, hand broken last night in uh, defeat again, the second defeat in a row by uh, South Africa over Australia. So I think uh, we're a little bit... Tra- it might take him out of the World Cup. I'm, I'm not sure. I, right. I mean, if we're headless, we're in trouble. And it would, it would appear that we're going to be headless going into going into this... Uh, Now, very good news. Um, Mark Hensby ties for 23rd in the uh, Ascension Charity Classic.
1: Is that the Forgotten Man of Australian Golf? That's
2: the Forgotten Man of Australian Golf. That's Um, a terrific get. It is. Uh, This was held at the Norwood uh, Hill Golf Club. Uh, I don't know it at all. No? I don't know the course. I've never played there. Uh, In fact, no one's ever mentioned it to me before. It's it's totally new to me. I I think it's it's a reasonably established club. The purse was uh, $2 million. So uh, we can only imagine what Hensby would have got tying for 23rd. He might have got his bus fare. Home. Yeah, his bus fare home, yes. We certainly hope he got a little bit more out of that. He's uh, now 1,701. Yeah, in the world. The Hensby numbers that's the Hensby number for this week. Yeah. And uh, good on him for keeping going. I mean it would have been so easy for Mark just to say, Oh well, I've done enough <laughs> Well you haven't. You haven't, fella. And what I what I admire about someone like Mark Hensby, Hensby is that he still dreams like an Aussie. He still dreams that he might win. The green uh, jacket. A, a lot of people call it madness. I don't. He's just a dreamer. He's just an Aussie.
1: I remember he's a golfer.
2: He's a golfer, too, yeah. yes. You forget that. That's the one thing about him I do forget. Uh, Minji Lee wins the Queen's City uh, Championship in Cincinnati, which is another feather in the cap for another fine Aussie, doing very, very well overseas. Minji Lee, she might be in the top five, I think, of world golf at the moment which is tremendous news. Uh, Wonderful week, of course, for the greatest game of all. Um, Now, I'm wondering if uh, NRL players should be formally schooled in social media, uh, given the Valentine Holmes incident, which we might unpack a little bit later on. But I think Valentine Holmes might have suffered a little bit from what I'd call the Medvedevs, um, I think it was just a very funny thing that he did. Mad Monday. Uh, Mad Monday. Jake gone uh, wrong. A Jake gone wrong? He just thought and it. Uh, you know, the, the boys are like this. You know, people will love this. Seeing me. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, it just it was just funny. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's rebounded on him and cost him a place in the uh, in the Prime Minister's Thirteen, which was uh, which we'll get to a little bit later on as well. Very exciting news there, uh, as HG has uh, alluded to, or more than alluded to, referred to uh, in his opening. Jack White, of course, named a biter, and isn't it comforting to have a biter in the game again? <laughs> It's been a while since we've had an official bite. Official bite. I mean, yeah. people have been biting for years. Yeah. We all know who they are. We don't need to name them. But it's good now that Whiteners' names officially on the uh, on the on the record. On the record, yes, yes. And I think there's a board somewhere
1: that must have
0: them the, on. that has all a the white biters board,
2: official, yeah, official yeah, biters. biters. are put up. Their names are usually engraved within moments of it but being th- official. Indeed. Uh now the dolphins are threatened with a fifty thousand dollar fine for breaching the NRL anti-tampering rules. Can you understand this? I sort of can, but they're the first club in history to be caught. <laughs> uh, I think this has going, been going on all the time. That is, you, you're not allowed, if a, co- if a player is under contract, you can't just barge in and say, oh, listen, mate, why don't you break your contract and join us? That breaks the anti That's SPW style. But that's how rugby league has always worked. Yes, yeah, sure. indeed. It's just normal business practice for rugby league. And now suddenly it's illegal all of a sudden. I mean, that's rugby league, isn't it? Just changing the rules midstream. You can't do that. And I noticed that the Broncos are now being investigated for approaching Ben Hunt. This is 12 months ago. 12 months ago they approached Ben Hunt and said, Ben, we know you don't like it at Saints anymore, which he did isn't, he still doesn't, and he wanted to be a Bronco. So they're going to break the contract. That, that, that's how it works. So why have the Dolphins so, copped it? Well the, well, the Dolphins have copped it because they've been caught. No, no, I understand. Because someone that. decided to look into it. Yeah, someone but... must have reported it. Ah, they so said, "What are you going to do?" Yeah, about what it? are you going to do about it, rugby league? Yeah. So rugby league have been forced into forced. doing something yeah. about it. In the same way with the Broncos incident. Some obviously the Dolphins. I'd say the Broncos dobbed in the Dolphins, and, and the, Dolphins, the Dolphins, and Dolphins are now d- dobbed d- in the Broncos. Yeah, no. That's right. how these things work. That's rugby league, isn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> not only biters, but border dobbers now. I don't like that. Uh, and now uh, I think Newcastle have. Uh, secured their first minor premiership win. Uh, this was over the West Tigers in the NFLW. And what a time to be in Newcastle. As you referred to, actually, that final last week. It was incredible. It was an incredible game. Yeah. Uh, really. There were no losers. No losers, that's right. And Rugby League what? was the winner. And even Whiten wasn't he, a loser. Uh, no, Whiten wasn't I mean, he, look he, at him, he's on the board. Yeah. He's on the board, a winner, a biter, yeah. known forever as a biter. Whenever you think of Jack Whiten, Whiten, you think of biter, biter yes, Whiten. Here are the fangs, minor? Teeth. Hey, who's your dentist, minor? Make it up what you will.
0: The Las Vegas Church of Rugby League has secured a month's residency for former Australian strongman ScoMo next March. In weekly sprays, the Mo will take us his themes, the miracle of the five jobs, the sermon of the shark, and the night at Ingridine Mecca's that changed his life forever. Dates and times available from Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Roy, the uh,
1: big news, I think, in terms of um, rugby league is future-proofing the game, which yes. means that... Even mm. when the cockroaches take over, there'll mm. still be rugby league. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so uh, Volandes, who's obviously, you know, got his eye on a, a career in hospitality, mm. snapping up the uh, Woolaware Hotel, Woolaware Bay Hotel, yep. uh, 14 months after they bought the Gambaro in Brisbane, right. uh, I think he got it for about $20 million. No one yep. else wanted it, so yep. it was a very good buy. Yep. And I'm just wondering if future-proofing, I mean, they've got 71 rooms situated on Captain Cook Drive. Uh, what became obviously to Valendas during the COVID uh, was that, you know, they would have to often play without crowds or any source of income except people going to a pub. Now, I'm just wondering if this is the only way of future-proofing rugby league. And I did make some comments in the margin of this story saying – I reckon buying a betting agency would probably be a better way to go. Yes, definitely. Uh, a poker machine manufacturer I think would definitely. be terrific. I think I yeah. can't see that stopping any. And wow. I think selling the whole thing to the hedge fund might mm. be his best way That's around. Not bad. That's not Cause bad. Because they get lots of money. And uh, I, I I, was just wondering if, um, you know, you think that, really buying pubs, what sort of message does that send to the larger community of rugby league? Now, mm. I'm not talking about people who are playing, people who are ticket-earning a nice quid out of it and all that sort of stuff. But it's I'm an ta- old-fashioned idea. Yes, you it's know. an old-fashioned Thanks very much, an old-fashioned idea. It, it is. It's a pre-Tina Turner idea. Yeah.
2: oh, very much so. Very much so. It, it harkens back to the days when uh, captain coaches would go to country or rural rugby league and buy a pub or, and become a manager of a pub and steer the team around on the weekends. And uh, the, the team would often have a few beers uh, at the pub and the pub would become very popular uh, amongst locals because you could often bump into a player. Uh, there, so so that that was the the business model, and it worked for a hell of a long time. Well, the crow, very
1: very successfully, the crow in Jeringong or Geroa, yeah, yeah, Mick yeah, yes, yes, yeah, the pub oh, there, yeah. And, yeah, a, a and it was example. a great draw
2: card. and draw probably, card. probably still is. I mean, you could still wander into the pub there and say, "Good day, Mick. Here you go. Here's mighty Mick. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you mind if I take a selfie, Mick?" Yeah, well, sure, go ahead. Um, Eighty six. Yep. Do you still wish you'd scored a. That's right. A, yeah. Yep. 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 Now. But future-proofing the game, I, I think we might have to go a little bit... Um, see, we've always seen rugby league as essentially a terrestrial game. Now, with climate change, I think rugby league will have to go underground. Most, most sports will. So we're going to have to have these vast areas underground where uh, the climate can be controlled. Yeah, that, that, that's the future of the game, uh, I think. Now, that's not going to come cheap. So I think Volandis' instinct is right in buying pubs. But uh, like you, I think we've got to broaden the discussion just a little bit. Uh, I would have thought for a start a um, some sort of uh, rugby league lottery.
1: What a great idea. And, you just, know.
2: just each week, you know, you buy your tickets and uh, each week there's a draw. Um, now, several thousand were, would
1: be fine. I Doesn't think. have to be a huge... You of course broke not. this story. This yeah. is your innovation in lotteries. Yes, you don't have to have a huge no. prize, no. because it's rugby league, rugby league. and people mm. want to put in. They, they, they don't care right. if they don't win. That's right. It's the same way as your great mm. way of raising money for mm. the governments of Australia right. would be to have a lottery each week based on you garnish you garnish yes, the exactly. wage yes, r- yes.
2: by only ten dollars, yes. and, I, and I, I don't think any uh, you know Aussie who dreams. Uh, would uh, resent having $10 taken out of their... Uh, going into the lottery, out of which someone wins every week, $2,000. $2,000, not to be sneezed at. Um, and you get your photograph, I think, from memory, on the front page of the local newspaper as a winner. So people can drive around to your house and, you know, ask for a loan. Talk, and talk the horn. <laughs> talk well, the horn, yes. Now... I- but but I don't know how many workers we have in Australia. Now, I think our population is now 26 million. We've got, what, 3.5% unemployment rate, so you can work out the sums yourself. But let's say 21 million people putting in $10 a week, it's quite a bit of money, out of which $2,000 comes in prize money each week. Uh, it's a terrific little and
1: elegant, elegant, yeah. elegant. Yes, it's, yes. it's it's everybody's involved, mm. and there's no oh, it's not for me. Yeah, I don't like lottery. It, it involves everyone it, from the most wealthy from your from your Alan Joyces all
2: the way down to yeah the garbage,
1: the garbage exactly. who puts the pins out. That's it. Now. One thing you raised there is expanding the audience of Rugby League and mm. I, here we come to Tina Turner and I was, you know, mm. in two minds about Tina Turner being mm. the, the, as the musical representation mm. of Tina, yeah. being the guest artiste yeah. on the big dance. But yeah. then as you point out that the whole Tina Turner story is an amazing story mm. with regard to Rugby League. It, it, Tina's involvement in League expanded the audience for League, mm. made it pop. Yeah. And pre- expanded the audience for Tina Turner. Exactly that's true uh, people uh, who had, uh, uh, yeah. people
2: had no very little interest in Tina Turner until she did the simply the best ad for the rugby league and suddenly there was not only national attention but international, international attention, attention as well on the Tina Turner story yes yes uh, which was an extraordinary story so much so that it's now a fabulous musical um and rugby league features prominently in the musical i mean it's the pivotal point uh, in the second act, the second act opens yeah, with the meeting with Gavin Miller in London.
1: <laughs> A terrific scene. And the wonderful rapport that yes. Tina had with the, the players. Well, of Alfie like Langer, him.
2: she fell in love with Alfie Langer mm. and Alfie fell in love with her. Mm. Uh, I mean, this is the untold story, really, the the Tina relationship. It wasn't very long-lasting, but it was very, very intense while it was there. Wonderful
1: <laughs> thing. And where do you think that Tina could... Well, the obviously, hmm. you know, I use this word in terms of the musical, it would yeah. be synonymous with the person. Yep. Could it play a part in the unleashed experience in Vegas In Vegas, yes, I think
2: so. And... I mean, Tina was very popular uh, in Vegas um, and to have to... I mean, Americans are probably unaware of... The rugby her, her league relationship with, with rugby league. Yes yes, yes, yes. And once they see those scenes... Um, up and down those sand, up and down hills, the sand hills, with uh, with Ciro and uh, Fatty Vorton and, and what have you. Yeah, a lot of the uh, West Tigers were there, or well, they were just Tigers at the time, of course. Um, but it, it was they were wonderful scenes, and then uh, the moments with Alfie uh, that could be realised on stage, and not only that, Alfie could be there and tell his story. Yeah, I knew Tina. She was great. That sort of stuff,
1: you know. Get and, them right in. That's right. And the great thing about I think it was when they stopped for cups mm. of tea and, she, yes. you know, what it's like shooting, yes. you know, hours and hours waiting around that's and right. three or four minutes doing something. That's right. And so there's a lot of time on set where mm. the league representatives, the mm. players, yeah. you know, as you point out, yep. Tigers and so on, yep. uh, they entertained Tina with stories about you know, oh, how funny rugby funny league rugby was. Funny rugby league was, that's right. And what a great, you know, yes. idea, you know. Well, she loved Blocker Road. She loved yes. his stories. Yes, the stories. And the yeah. other thing is, mm. is that entertainment as Hmm. Tina performed. It was not a million miles from entertainment as Rugby League. No, that's right. That's right. So you had
2: that perfect fusion uh, when she sang... Uh, or mimed very convincingly mm. at the Rugby League Grand Final. Wasn't that incredible? And the bloke just
1: incredible. And the bloke with the saxophone. Phone came out with a codpiece on That's them. right. It sort of shocked a lot of people. Well, was just used sex, didn't <laughs> it? And you
2: had that fusion of sex and rugby league and, team and all of that and it was just a wonderful thing. And I think Arco and Qualey, they, 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 they were great leaders. Yeah, they were. They, they? they,
1: they were. were.
2: Visionaries. Visionaries So much see. so that they made the, the, the game interesting to
1: the largest player in, uh, in media in the world, in the Murdochs. Indeed, indeed. Now, mm. would you like to see them play a part? In, I'm, I'm not quite sure whether they'd be able to play a part. Right. Uh, obviously realised mm. in the story of Tina Turner, the musical. Right. You know, obviously they can't. we can't get the people themselves, but yeah. people could play. You know, I was thinking of Hugh Jackman might be at a bit of a loose end. All right. And he could... Come down and say quailing. yes, and say so you know write some lines about what I was trying to do. Oh, you know, he could play the, John Quayle. Yeah, that's on.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm Hugh Jackman. I'm here playing Ron Quayle. Um, fine, I've got no problems with that. Mm. So it'll sort of be a Brechtian experience. Of <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that can work. I, I mean, I, no I, I don't know going. if Las Vegas is ready for Brecht. I mean. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Have you considered leaving your will to the Church of Rugby League? The kids will be fine. The Church will look after them. Search Rugby League? Yes. And follow the links. Listen out for prayers on Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, just turning up the Whiten case, uh... Some
2: on the text, someone's suggesting he could be known as Hungry Jack. Hungry Jack. That's not bad. Is that's it? very good. Others have suggested the incisor.
1: Yes, well, oddly mm. enough, I, I, the next story, I was just going to yeah. run through the case. Mm. Jack the Nipper, someone suggested. Jack, that's very that's good, yeah. Man. Well, they're all good. They're all great. Yeah. And they work. Yeah, they do. they yeah. do. And they're rugby league. People know who you're talking about. Indeed. Now, yeah. Whitener, who unsuccessfully argued that Tyson Gamble made the, the on-field allegation in a bid to swing Sunday's elimination final Newcastle away... Oh, yeah. You know, so is his mm. gamesmanship. It's pure. Sure, he, I think um, Tyson Gamble spoke to Cam Smith, not mm. the golfer, but the rugby league commentator. Oh yes.
2: how to manage the game
1: exactly? Yeah, well, bite allegation. Yeah. Always slices it up. It does mm. when you when you're busting. Yeah. Now he was given three-week suspension, as mentioned, uh, after leaving teeth mark. Now the Southbound Star, pressure uh, said pressure applied by Gamble to his mouth was the cause of the marks, and oh, at yeah. no stage did he bite down.
2: Oh, good. Okay.
1: So, oh. gee, it must have been a mouthful of Yeah, it must have. With such force that it left tooth marks in his arm. I know. Weird, isn't it? It is weird. Baffling case. His protests were dismissed by a panel after 80 minutes hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was on the panel? Dentists? I mean, people who oh. know know these things? Yeah. Yeah, rugby rugby league dentists. Rugby (laughs) league dentists. Mm. Now, Mel Meninga uh, tended a character reference saying the bite was out of character. Well, it's pretty hard to line those things up in a rugby league game, isn't it? How would Mel know? (laughs) Jack Whiten and Mel, were they mates? Well, biters together? I don't know. Now, Whiten delivered a fiery well, I response. I suppose
2: he was associated with the Raiders at some stage. Ah, no, true. That, that could true. be it. He would
1: have spoken I don't st- know
2: where probably. Mal spends a lot of his time.
1: Is he still Canberra-bound? I was I imagining think so. up north somewhere. Yes, 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 in the Queensland. Queensland area. Now, yeah. Whiten delivered a fiery response to NRL council Patrick Knowles oh, yes. at one point asking, wait for it, how many games of rugby league have you played?
2: Yeah, good question. That would have floored him. <laughs>
1: In response to the questioning about interpretation of extreme pressure being applied to the tackle, mm. that left Gamble's forearm covering Whiten's mouth. Yep. The outburst, which came via Zoom alongside Raiders CEO Don Ferner, prompted a rebuke from NRL Judiciary Chairman Jeff Ballou. Right. So Ballou mm. also cautioned panel members Tony Pulatilla and Paul Simpkins. Ronald the Truck Simpkins, any well, relation? Would have to be. Have to be. That's the first thing I thought <laughs> of. Yes. Great to have the name Simpkins yes. involved in rugby league mm. against speculating on questions of Gamble's intention making his on-field complaint as suggested by Whiten's defence, Counsel Nick Gabar.
2: Right. So if they're suggesting he made it up just to slow the game down. Well, that's
1: uh, my And discussed it with Cameron Smith prior to the game. Exactly. So he had malice us a forethought. <laughs> Given Whiting retired from representative rugby league earlier this year and mm-hmm. any suspension is set to be served at club level, yes, this is where right. it gets intriguing. That's right. The suggestion of Whiting making himself available for rep duties has mm-hmm. gathered momentum in rugby league circles since Sunday. Has it? Well, for the but obvious he's ruled reason. himself out of rep yeah, duties. Correct. So how could it be gathering in rugby league circles? Well, what circles? A request for Australia's end-of-season test campaign to be included in the ban would need to be approved by Malad Baloo. Oh, I see. He told his master, "This master, that Sneezeby's rag." Hmm. Uh, after hearing that, there any official complaint, which would include potential NRL All-Stars clash, would hmm. be considered on its merits.
2: Yeah, right. Right. Yes. They
1: think of everything, don't they?
2: They do, they do. I don't think Whiten has been... He wasn't selected for the Prime Minister's 13, was he?
1: No, well, I think fair enough. Fair I, enough. I, I yeah. Was, yeah, that raises an interesting question.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just wondering if we can do this quickly before we get to uh, this week's talkback.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: the Prime Minister's 13 side... Uh, Gee, they've kept that quiet, haven't they? They have. There's I, been no news about it.
2: it I mean, is, is Sneesby broadcasting this game? Well,
1: you know I had to go to the Murdoch press to get this. Right. So, the 13 and 11, an indication that he's spotting the kangaroo squad for the Pacific Nations tournament is under threat. Now, this is to do with Valentine Holmes not being available.
2: Right. Oh, because so, of the social media outrage.
1: The social media and the funny Mad Monday jokes. The funny Japes. Mad
2: Monday jokes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was nothing in it. It was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> We need somebody like Tina Turner to show us yeah. what's funny in league again. Well, that's right. I oh, know it's a bit late, but the kangaroos Oh, with the are... evidence in there, you, know, you just, just look at Medvedev. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just get Medvedev, Medvedev <laughs> in your corner. Mm.
1: The kangaroos are facing a shortage of setters mm. and uh, the positions in Prime Minister's thirteen, but uh, you know, that may be not enough to save homes. Being and then we get a quote from Albo mm. being Prime Minister is great honour. Easy. I enjoy every part of the job, but a fun part is getting to pick the PM's thirteen sides, number thirteen sides, as in first right. thirteen. This is the first. This is the first
2: time it's ever happened, isn't it?
1: These contests are far more than just a ga- couple of games of footy. Papua New Guinea and Australia are the closest neighbours, and we're the best of friends. We are working together to build a more prosperous and stable, peaceful nation region
2: through Rugby League.
1: Yeah, that's great, Rugby League. Opportunity to celebrate our yep. friendship yep. and strengthen our partnership. I'm really looking forward to Cam Murray and uh, Harden, ta- uh, Talisha Harden leading out their teams yes. in Port Moresby. And know the context will be great for the game and a thrill for all players selected, an important step forward in our region. Mm.
2: Well, yeah. I, I can't disagree with any of that. I think it's wonderful. Now, I think it's wonderful. i said, said before. I just think
1: it needed more publicity. Yeah. Uh, even last night, there was no reference to it at all in the coverage. See, uh, good point. Now, why doesn't Miles, Richard Miles, come out and say, the front line of defence is rugby yes. league. Yes, We've got the Prime Minister's 11 and he reads out the players and so on. Yeah. They're going to be the bulwark against invasions and incursions from China that, in exactly. the area, especially in the Cook Islands. Exactly, exactly. Or oh, Penny Wong. Penny Wong will Yes, I'm, I, I don't mind. Why was the announcement made up here? Here's the Prime Minister's 13. Yeah. Who He's, went now who made the announcement? I don't I have no idea. I have no idea. Just appeared in the was paper. was just leaked at leaked? night. At night. After oh. the papers had gone to bed yes. and night had stopped broadcasting news. Yeah. No, no humorous shows. Oh, I don't know. They've been very coy about this. I think it should have been front and centre. Anyway, the uh, Valandis congratulated all players on this election. Jeepers, creepy. Did he, he really? Silly. He went silly. Mm. He went really silly. Oh. The players have performed exceptionally well throughout the season have earned their chance to wear the green and gold. I congratulate the players' both. Oh, Lord, mm. Lord. Did he really say that or did that just somebody write that for him?
2: It would have. Like, oh, his press secretary would
1: have. Yeah. Now, look, what I uh, – and I know I have to talk back. topic yeah. pressing, mm-hmm. um, but what, what disappoints me about this is mm. that this is the – uh, probably the only, I can't recall where we're up to with the World Cup and Rugby League. It was on and then off and well, I'm not sure right. what it's on. This mm. is probably the only international.
2: We're going to see for a while. Yeah,
1: I know the audience will know so they'll yeah. get in touch with us. But yeah. we're going to see for a while and a great opportunity because of this implication mm. of the defence of the nation mm. is yeah. now at Papua New Guinea. Remember, of course, the forget mm. about your Torres Strait, they're all underwater. Mm. I mean they're gonna be underwater in an hour and a half, the mm-hmm. way things are going. The way things are going. And yeah. so we've got yeah. to start thinking about the yeah. obviously the bridge mm-hmm. from Cape York into Moresby mm-hmm. and making it possible to have a team in Moresby in the National Rugby League competition yes, from Moresby. From you know, Moresby,
2: yes. And the then West. gradually expand Cook uh, Islands. eastwards indeed, uh, towards the Sea of China.
1: I hadn't thought of going that way. I was going the other way, actually. Right. To try and keep out them out. But mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Indonesia, Indonesia, Malaysia, mm-hmm. you know, you go up as far as Vietnam. Thailand, Vietnam, yes, <clears> yeah, and it raises the question of whatever happened to uh, Twiggy Forest Indo-Pack rugby.
2: Well, that's right, that was meant to be a bulwark against, against Chinese China. expansion, wasn't what? it? Mm. Yes, I don't know. What now, how are you there. going with your talkback? Well, topic? talkback was fascinating last week, HG. We did ask the question: should uh, a free Jared uh, crowd campaign begin? Uh, now... The voters in New South Wales, hundred percent said yes. Hundred percent said yes. Uh, Queensland, eighty-six uh, percent
1: said no. Hasn't that gone that that gone quiet this mm, week? Mm. I mean, you can only. I mean,
2: you can understand, I suppose, the Queenslanders aren't all that interested in the success or otherwise of eastern suburbs or the roosters. It's a bit they? small beer. It's for a bit them. small beer for yeah. them. They've, they've got uh, you know more interest in you know dolphin. Bronco rivalry <laughs> <laughs> to worry about. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but where does it go to from here
2: with the Jared, thi- the
1: Jared campaign? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's two more weeks. Well, it's to- probably a little bit late. They were bumped out last night. Even, even if, no, they, no, even no, if the got- rugby league says, oh, yeah, you're right. We got it wrong." Jared, you can play again. He's got no one to play for. No. What I was going to get to was the two <laughs> matches in the new year. Mm. Actually, you know, he won't be going on the plane to oh, Vegas. That's right. If they're going, do forget that's can, right. That's yeah, right. Answer. Well, the campaign should go.
2: And get, let's get Jared to Vegas. That's got to be the campaign, and I think what that's something the Queenslanders
1: idea. would plug right into as well.
2: I think what the Queenslanders Should, would love love to see Jared
1: in Vegas. They would. The, what a great question that would be for yes. you talk back. Should Jared what, be in Vegas? In Vegas, yeah. Well, we don't have time for it this week, but maybe next yeah. week we might. Have HG. a go at what you've got this week. Well,
2: this week, HG... Um, Now, uh, I'm anticipating that at some stage we might discuss who should present the... uh, Oh, this is a great topic. Yes, who who should present the Clive Churchill Medal. Uh, I don't think we've got time to get to it now, but I thought I'd feature it in the talkback topic, HG. Uh, My question should be, or will be, uh, should the Governor-General present the Clive Churchill Medal this year? (laughs) Just yes or no. Just get in touch. You know the number. I don't need to give it to you. Uh, and armed with the number, don't expect anyone to answer the call.
1: The, the problem here was was that it was going to be a representative of the Churchill family who then fell foul mm-hmm. because of comments they made yes, about right. various things connected, I think, with the South Sydney Rabbits. Yes, that's right. And then Stirling was going to present it, the great uh, halfback from Parramatta. Yes. But Stirling found he had a golf arrangement. Did he? And yeah. so he's on, got, on Grand Final day. On Grand Final day. God, Hard that's to unlike imagine. Unlike Sturgis, was it. Yeah, very unlike Stirling. And so yeah. very, it's a it left a gaping. God, he's changed,
2: hasn't he, Stirling? There was a time when you, you know. He, you don't have to mention rugby league, he would be there.
1: Yeah, well, I understand his back offishness.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but uh, let's face it, it's a yawning gap in the yeah. social media. So now agenda. there's no one
2: who's going to no present to Clive Churchill at this day. Well, well, that's you...
1: why I say the governor General. Exactly.
0: Money magazine's top investment strategy for 2024. Introduce your children to rugby league. Yes, and they were the
1: words of Father of the Year, Cedric S. Ben Sumpster. Now, if you want to be part of the show, bludging on the blind side, text number 0467, 0467 or the old-fashioned way, roynhg at abc.net.au, and the following, following blindsiders have...
2: Roy. Yes, just on the text, issue, someone's suggesting that uh, why settle for vice regal representative to present the Clive Churchill Medal? Vlanders should use his royal connections to approach the king... Or whoever's now replaced the uh, Prince Philip as patron. Well, we think it's Queen Camilla. We think Queen Camilla is now the patron of Rugby League.
1: I tell you what would be great is if mm. we could get the happy couple, the... Oh,
2: the pair of them. Yeah. Not too difficult,
1: I wouldn't have thought. No, and, and remember, of Plenty course... Plenty of time. And remember, of course, Volandis is the yeah. last person to have dined with the Queen. With the Queen, that's right. Before she...
2: He'd make mention of that to His Majesty. Well, he would.
1: Would you like to come and... yes can do something the Queen always wanted to do. That's right. But commitments and Certainly meant, Prince Philip has done it in the past. Yeah, and commitments meant that it wasn't able yep. to be realised and we were wondering if yep. you would like to step up. And yep. Now, can you believe this, though, that, mm. that somehow at the premier event, I was trying to make yeah. this point before the news, the premier event in rugby league, mm. the big dance, yes. where they have everything lined up, everything yeah. in place, the Tina... Tina, everything, yeah. The yep. I can Turner review yep. The, the ball coming out of the, ball, the, yeah, the, the helicopter, the helicopter or, yeah, with the army up. involved. And yeah, everything right. like and, that. Yep. And two great teams who have fought their way through, yep. let's say, 26 rounds of home and away and through the final series. Yep. that no one, they didn't think that somebody would have to present the gong and the, yep. and the footy cards well, to the Well, still they pulled out. Sterlo had other commitments. He didn't ever get he was never asked. He was
2: never Oh, he wasn't asked. I thought he was asked and said he couldn't because he had fishing obligations
1: or something, or golf or something. That's true. That he wasn't asked. They announced that he was this is my understanding. They announced that he would do it, and everybody said you beauty. You beauty, yeah. Not realizing that he had a golf day.
2: Yeah.
1: Sterlo's golf day.
2: It's always on
1: Grand Final Day. And fishing. It's golf and fishing. It's a rare double. It was one of the two. No, it's both. both.
2: Someone suggesting uh, Jared Weir
1: Hargraves could present the... Uh, well, he'd be at a loose end. He'd be good. And what a great way to welcome him back. Yes. And I think it could count for one of his mm. matches suspension. Yeah, Suspended it could, matches. yes. Yeah. yeah. So he'd have two done That's by the right. time he got back yeah. next year. That's great. Yeah. That's good. Would you would you consider putting that up as a talkback uh, Yeah, topic? I am. Well, well
2: yeah. I don't want to put any pressure no, on no, 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 We have. We have. That is our talkback topic. That was last
1: week's but not... No, no, this week's is uh, should the Governor-General present the Clive Churchill? Yeah, but when we... The wriggle should be yeah. is right in... Right if, in if, if you've you got Jared. better ideas no, or if you want right Jared. In. Perfect. Yeah, we don't want to put any pressure on no. the no. public. No, right no. Governor-General or Jared.
2: There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now I should just point out, HG, it's um, Max Max from Arcadia, a frequent correspondent. It's his birthday today. Isn't that great? Happy birthday, uh, uh, Max. Uh, Now, this has come from Andrew, HG. He says, I draw your attention to this story about the new AFL stadium in Hobart.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now,
2: part of it says, current and former club presidents tell Good Weekend, that must be Sneesby's rag, that the AFL has underfunded the Tasmanian State League. Teams have gone instinct. Others have been forcibly merged. The top job of running AFL Tasmania is never advertised, they say, and there's no transparency about where the money is spent. I asked North Launceston President Thane Brady to describe the AFL's management of Tasmanian football, and he said, quote, It's been a silent murder.
1: What have we argued on yeah. this program for the last few years? I know. Mur- the murderer's the murderer. ambition was kill the game stone dead. Yes. And that bears out our thoughts. Yes. In public view. Yeah, of course. Plain sight. Plain sight. The best place to hide. Of course. Of course. Uh, now. And his, his pathetic defence of... Uh, mm. Maynard during the week, I just thought, oh, no, we're going to lose 100 players know, before the season's Everyone, over. As you say, everyone's doing it. Yeah. Everyone's knocking... Kids are knocking themselves out,
2: reproducing that effort. Indeed. You know? hmm. uh, this comes from Timbo in Brisbane. Hi, Tim. Uh, I would like to join the national conversation about Las Vegas, and in particular, your call last week for the NRL to get serious about tapping the commercial opportunities. Oh, good, yes, US. yes, yes. Is the NRL aware that one of the largest retail chains in the US is Lowe's? I didn't know this.
1: Spelt the same way? Spelt the same way. L-O-W-E.
2: Yep. There are over 1,500 stores coast to coast, with four in the greater Vegas area. In the US, Lowe's is a home improvement chain. Cordless drills, barbecues, ride-on mowers. It's not men's fashion, uh, but it's very rugby league. (laughs) I propose the NRL Ciro blocker and the Big Man as official NRL Lowe's ambassadors and show the Americans what quality marketing looks like the tool belts would walk out the door. Is there a brand that says rugby league more than Lowe's? I don't think so. If only Abdo and Vlanders would open their eyes.
1: Isn't that great? That's a well-researched it and is. urgently argument document. And it is. Well, we should certainly be kicking that upstairs. Well, yeah.
2: I mean, they'd be, they, it through. they they, they monitor the program. They'd be yeah. aware. And There's no reason why Lowe's Australia couldn't reach out to Lowe's in the United States, is there? There's they'd none at all. Come up with some sort of lowes or well, something to it coincide with, with the arrival of Rugby League in Vegas. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: it's not that hard. It's not rocket science. It's not right science. Lows meet lows. I mean, there wouldn't be a show, a breakfast show, or any of those terrific talkback shows in America that wouldn't be behind this story. Yeah. You know, guess what? There's a lows in Australia. I never do that. What do they sell?
1: They sell clothes. What? <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> How can we help? This
2: comes from Sally. Sally says, uh, uh, I draw your attention to this article in a local journal of record, the Bateman's Bay Post.
1: Aye, great paper.
2: The Marouya Examiner and the Naruma News. Yeah, Naruma News. Terrific papers. Yeah, great. A local lad, lad, Gerard Dennis, is off to Ireland to take part in the World Oyster Shucking Championships, having been declared winner of the Naruma Oyster Festival Shucking Competition. Along for the trip is Kath Peachy, chair of Naruma Rocks, the organisation that puts on the festival. She'll be progressing a pitch for Naruma to host the World Championships. Has the need ever been greater for a Minister for World Cups? What is Albo doing about it?
1: Now, <clears throat> a program that often precedes us, I think, was, a rep- was broadcast live yeah. from the recent yes. Narooma. Oh, I uh, think
2: Simon might have judged it. I mean, he, judged, oh, he judges oyster shucking. I mean,
1: that, that's right. his job. I think
2: it's his main job. <laughs> he just is a bit, does a bit of broadcasting on the side. How site. hard
1: is it to shuck an oyster, and what, what's the nature it, of the comp? Well, you've got to open as many as possible You know, limited in a, time, the shortest amount of a, time. Oh, so, yeah, a clock of five Your minutes. Your really
2: good ones can do can do a, a, an oyster in about three and a half seconds. Right. Wow. Wow. I take longer than that. I do. But then yeah. again, I don't like bits of grime yeah, nice stuff, stuff in there. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. true anyway. Now, this has been referred to as HG. It's a uh, letter to the editor uh, in uh, the Canberra Times. Oh,
1: yes, yes. yes. It's
2: an, an article. Rag. It, yeah, it's a letter to the editor that was sent in by a chap called Michael White. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm an AFL man. Yeah, Good and don't closely follow the NRL, although being a Canberran, I keep an eye on the progress of the Raiders. Yeah, well, you'd be mad well, you not would. to. Yeah, great. Give you something to talk about at work. Yeah, that's right. Did you see the Raiders yesterday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't them out there, et cetera. I'm glad this season has ended, as I do get a bit tired of reading every Monday how the referees, the linespeople, the NRL, the judiciary et al. have conspired against the Raiders. That, but that's true. But they do, don't they? Yeah, that's Everyone true. Everyone hates the Raiders. The officials. Exactly. Then you read about how another undisciplined act by the Raiders player has led to a send-off or suspension. They even managed a suspension in the final game of the season, resulting in them again being a player short, not to mention, you know, the white and biter. Uh, to rub salt into the wound, it was a further undisciplined act that lost in the, the the game on Sunday, that is, the white and bite. Yeah. May I suggest to the coaching staff that a little less emphasis on complaining and a little more focus on discipline might work wonders in 2024. Just saying.
1: Yeah, well, hang on a minute. Easy
2: to say, isn't it? Thanks,
1: easy to say. Have you tried coaching the Raiders, Hey, this Michael White? Well, and the other thing is... I bet he hasn't. I bet and I ask again, how many games of rugby league has he actually played?
2: Yeah, none. I'd suggest none.
1: (laughs) Wouldn't have a clue. The other thing is, can I ask is, how much joy and involvement the Raiders give to the rest of the rugby league competition and people who yeah. are casual observers of the game. Yeah. The clap, the horn, the yes. stickies, press conferences, yeah. they're all it's incredible. How yeah. he comes up with that stuff, Sticky. I know. Every week. Every week. Must he's must got to be, find another reason exactly, for the loss. Exactly. What's exactly. yeah. <laughs> not us out yeah. there. No, they just blow us all the time. Yeah, that's right. And and We're minuci- the only club that understands the rules. <laughs> the minutiae of the complaints. Anyway. Yes. I mean...
2: Yeah, okay. Now, this has come from Dan. Mm, Dan. Uh, I'd like to agree with your uh, correspondent that referred to the milk arrowroot biscuits as football biscuits. Yes, football biscuits, yeah. As as a child, that was definitely the preferred nomenclature around our house. Uh I'll have a couple of footy biscuits, thanks. Yeah, good. Meaning milk arrowroots. Yeah, no, that's good. My own children uh, also refer to them as such. A great family rainy day activity when my kids were young was to mix up icing in many colours and decorate the football biscuits. Wow! What a great, what a great idea! Thing I hadn't to do on a wet day. You can <laughs> see kids, you know, praying for rain. Can't you? That amount of fun going down. <laughs> this got me thinking about opportunities. About like the NRL is unleashed on Vegas. Yes, unleashed. What if a special packet of milk arrowroots in Team Colours was unleashed? Perhaps the players from each team could design individual biscuits with their number and something to reflect their personality or career highlights. Or a special pack designed club legends. Imagine Cliff Lyons and Steve Beaver Menges immortalised on a milk arrowroot. Even a do-it-yourself kit that comes with icing sugar and a selection of food clou- colouring. A great way to include the fans and introduce a whole lot more sugar into the biscuit in order to appeal to the American palate. I'm sure the pilgrims walking along the rugby league way would devour, devour them
1: by the boxful. I'd go further than that and say why don't we introduce artisanalism into the rugby league in America oh, yeah. and have stalls set up yes. on the way yes. and obviously around Las Vegas where people are making their own decorative biscuit. Yes. In club colours, yes. obviously, and telling stories about rugby league, rugby league like these colours, yes. well, that's the human face of bowel cancer, yes. manly seagulls that's right. and so on, things like that. Things or like his, that. His, his well, that st- can happen
2: on the trail, can't
1: it? It can, that's what I mean, you yes. know, because I think artisanal, it's hard to know where we are with mm. going back to our roots and making things ourselves and, you know, doing that sort of stuff. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, I'm not sure whether we've got time, but you know America, of course, is... Famous for fast food and stuff well, that's like that. True. I think we go back to slow food. Yeah. Well, if you get
2: American Lowe's involved, they seem pretty DIY. Okay. Maybe you that's could good. get a kit through them. Oh, that'd be that's to, great. I a sort of build your biscuit kit.
1: We well, see. I'm going <laughs> to have to go home and look at the online presence of Lowe's in America Lowe's to America, work out yeah. how we can deal with
2: it. Yeah, and whether I know none of it.
1: nothing about it. And whether
2: there is a relationship somewhere back in time between Lowe's, Lowe's Australia, Lowe's America. Yeah, you know, it could have been brothers or something.
1: Or the time they, you know, the uh, windmill,
2: yeah,
1: uh, you know, that we use in Australia. Yes, that comes from the Chaffee brothers, I think, who were Americans. Is that they right? They were some time ago, and uh, they Ch- built
2: Chaffey brothers. Yes, uh, they had ideas for the Murray Darling River that weren't totally dissimilar to the Mississippi, and so they introduced uh, steamers, paddle steamers, uh, and the idea of moving uh, around a lot of irrigation yes. and growing uh, cotton. Ah, good on it! Brilliant on. idea for yeah. for the Australian. <laughs> Landscape. Yes, which we still live <laughs> with yeah, the consequences no, right. of, yeah. <coughs> Chaffee brothers, yes. Uh, now, this comes from Brenton. The idea raised uh, on your program a few weeks ago regarding the Rugby League Toilet Tour could not be more timely or urgent. Last year I went with a friend to Northies in Cronulla and asked a staff member if he could point us to the toilet where the infamous Carney Bubbler took place. Ah, Yes. I'm devastated to report that not only did the young man not know in which toilet it took place, but hadn't even heard about the incident. Mm-hmm. An absolute disgrace. Surely these locations should be commemorated with a plaque next to the funeral, at the very least, lest our game's shared history be lost to the ravages of time. I think there's an element of truth to that, HG. I'm just wondering, should, say, rugby league social studies be part of the school curriculum?
1: I think, I think right, and maybe over several years so mm. you could take in a whole heap of the detail, the yes. the, the wept and wharfed, if you like, of rugby league. Yes. Uh, because that is getting lost, I think.
2: Yes. Yes, it is getting lost. It because
1: is. of the avalanche of social media and stuff like well, that. Well, these People stories come and go so quickly. Exactly, and they're making up stuff all the time. I know.
2: I know. No. No, I mean, we're going to f- forget about white and the biter suit. I think we already have. We already have.
1: And Jared. Yeah, why are they
2: calling him incisor? Why is he Hungry Jack?
1: Yeah. That sort of stuff. Maybe there's got to be a plaque put somewhere. And the protest to free Jared. Free
2: Jared. Yeah, why are they freeing Jared? He can play, can't he? Why is the Governor-General presenting the Clive Churchill this year? Where's Sterler?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree.
2: Mm. Now, this has come from uh, John in Harvey Bay. I was wondering if you both could shed some light on how running meters are tallied. Ah, ah what a good question. That is an excellent question. I was question. discussing this recently with a mate, and we concluded that on game day there wouldn't be it wouldn't be 26 people in a room somewhere monitoring each GPS unit of every player. So how does this GPS tracker on the players work? Does it count the running back on side as well as the runoff at half time, etc? We also decided this GPS system could be ripe for gaming the system and building up faux run metres and giving a player a better profile and dollar value than he otherwise would have. I hope the system works better than my personal GPS step counter I have on my watch, which is supposed to be able to differentiate me from walking, running and bike riding. On a recent car trip I did of some hours, I was surprised to see that the GPS had logged me on as walking all the way and I was proud of myself for having walked <coughs> 700 million steps.
1: See what I mean? Right now, this will take greater minds than ours. I know.
2: I can't help. But,
1: I, and I've got no idea. They, the, as I understand it, uh, the rugby league or AFL plays have a a chip in the back of their jumper... Yes. ...which is meant to collect this information... Right. ...but how it gets to the broadcast position, I would have thought that was, uh, you know, something the clubs would jealously guard. Yes, they would. So... They would. Unless the, you know, uh, hmm. BT and Cove hacked into the system, uh, it's very hard to know how they're getting that information. Yeah. And I'd like to he- hear somebody of, of, you know, authority... ...and yes. here I'm thinking uh, the murderer... Yes. ...explain how. The murderer... Has never a good explanation about anything.
2: No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. But we could ask people to uh, get in touch with us anonymously. Oh yes, yes. Someone yes. who knows. Yes, so, that's let's right. say someone from the West Tiger Centre of Excellence.
1: That's an excellent to place see to if start. Their
2: GPS works. You know, is it a GPS system like we we understand so that, it? Yes. Like those special watches you can get uh, that count the steps. That count the steps. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It has to be something like that.
1: Yeah. I, I, I never take pay any attention to it at all.
2: No.
1: In the old days, I was always shocked when players ran the length of a marathon during a game of AFL. Yeah. And well, it's I quite think, possible the game is so long. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So it's over two hours long, so yeah. it would be possible to run a marathon. Mm. Um, and yeah. I was shocked by that by how would they know?
2: yeah. Until you, re- until someone mentioned to you this GPS tracking system.
1: Yes, well, yes. that's that's you know. Uh, mm. Now, of course, the AFL tracker is just sort of built in and yeah. you know, sponsored off item of you know information. Yeah, um,
2: yeah uh, Back in the day, Gr- Grassy used to encourage us to count how many steps we did when we were out yeah. there. and few of us did. You know, you just put them in a notebook at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. because you know, you get involved in the game and forget to count. Yeah. <laughs> That
1: was, that was my problem,
2: you know. How many, how many seventies are running out there, David? I've forgotten.
1: Yeah, no, that's... I don't know. Yeah.
2: Didn't you count? Oh, I forgot.
1: Yeah. yeah. I got half. I got up to 240.
2: Yeah, I got up to 240. Just finally, HG, Betty of Braddon says, uh, I was surprised, shocked really, to hear that the French couldn't tell a wallaby from a kangaroo. Oh, no. Paris has been home to wallabies and kangaroos for hundreds of years. In 1804, Empress Josephine's garden on the outskirts of Paris housed kangaroos, emus and black swans. Uh, these animals were collected during Nicolas Baudin's voyage oh, to yes. Australia. Yes. No doubt the forthcoming film about Napoleon will expand on this fact. <laughs> Meanwhile, today anyone can walk into the Latin Quarter and visit the Jardin des Plantes and see a wallaby freely gazing on the lawn. How much clearer could it be? Fair um, question. Yeah, no, could I yes. suggest that the journalist deliberately... Yeah. Call the wallabies kangaroos just to get up their
1: nose. Yeah, to make them look silly. Make them
2: look stupid.
1: Yeah, so they didn't know what was going yeah, on.
2: Exactly. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. And I thank all the correspondents again this week.
1: Yeah, wonderful source of letters.
0: Bludgers. Want to arrive in style for a big night in a car that has a rugby league twang? Why not get the car and driver package from Cook Cars? All the cook drivers are ticketed first-grade rugby league players who arrive on time, kitted out in their playing strip. For that special rugby league event discount, just mention to the captain that you listen to bludging on the blind side.
2: Max is suggesting uh, Brad Clyde, the forgotten immortal, two-times Clive Churchill medal winner and once in a losing side. He could present the medal. Do you know... Brad I, Clyde. I bumped into Brad Clyde not so long back. He seemed very well, still looks fit. He could
1: He could present. Could he Could present? He'd present yeah. beautifully. Yeah. Can I suggest that we try and mm. think of expanding the, oh, yeah. the idea of... Well, whoever's
2: playing Tina Turner. That'd be
1: fantastic. Yeah. I, I immediately had one of the stars of the unleashed experience, you know, Russell Crowe or Hugh Jackman or somebody like that coming out because they'd be a nod forward. Yes. The next time you see me, you'll be in Vegas. Sure. That sort of idea.
2: What about, um, say, the new American ambassador who might be a Kennedy? Kennedy. Well, I think you've had this
1: idea before. She could
2: present it.
1: And then...
2: And then looking forward to Vegas, she could say. And
1: maybe say... uh, you know, my family have been great supporters of Lowe's, yes. the American Lowe's. Oh, yeah. You know, we bought a power drill and a right. Phillips head screwdriver and that. And a I government. remember
2: Uncle Bobby. Yeah. Uncle Bobby <laughs> bought a power drill, Yeah. I mean, something like that. Yeah, used yeah. it every we day. Would, those, we don't want it to go on too long. It's just presenting the bloody Clive <laughs> Churchill. <laughs> We'd have to uh, I, I'm pretty make sure it I'd, pretty clear, you're yeah.
1: just here for this. Don't tell the Bobby story. <laughs> Leave that for later. <laughs> Leave that for Vegas. Yeah. Um oh, I think it is a puzzle that we should mm. solve. And what makes it, can I just say, you know, we're going to America, mm. Vegas and all that sort of stuff. Yep. We want it to look pretty tickety boo. Oh, yeah. And this whole mm. Clive Churchill medal thing is making it look
2: It's making it look amateur hour.
1: Amateur. Isn't it? Hour. Yeah. I mean, they haven't what? Yeah. They haven't got
2: anyone to present the Clive Churchill, are you kidding me? That's like losing the Hopman Cup.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the funny how did that happen? Yeah. Tylie. Right, Yeah. Now, now, look. Yeah. The thing is, why? I, I know how these things work. You know, somebody that sort of thing happens. You quickly get on the phone and solve the problem. Right. I mean, we've been this position has been vacant for several days now.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, when yeah. was it? When
2: was it known to the rugby league that Sturlo was golf fishing?
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> I should be able to tell you that. I'd right. say by Wednesday. Wednesday, right. Mm. So they've had Wednesdays, Wednesday. See, it was yeah, announced on Monday. It was three announced Three days on Monday. not knowing. Yeah. But, you know, my point being is, yeah. is that it, a phone call could have happened on Wednesday yeah. when Stella said, oh, by the way, you know, you realise yeah. I won't be there. But you know what it's like is I didn't even think he had to get on no. them. They thought, well, they haven't even asked. No. Why should I they respond? They just
2: assumed would be fine. Thanks. That's where it looks it, wrong. Yeah. That's right. You know, we assume. And can you imagine now, whoever's approached, they're going to look like an afterthought, they, oh, last minute, so. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, excuse me, HG, you doing anything grand final day? Oh, yeah, well, I was thinking of going to the grand final. Oh, great, you got to be there. Listen, could you present the Clive Church? Ch- Ch- it's, right. yeah. yeah. it's a great honour. Great honour. It's a great honour for you, HG. Great yeah. yeah. honour. Yeah.
1: Well, no. no, it's not. No, I'm the last we Where's Sterlo? I'm the last bloody cab. <laughs> I'm the only one going. <laughs> now... Mm. Uh, Changing the code, this was very sad this week that the uh, Wednesday... September the 13th marked the end of an era with historic goalposts at Concord Oval turned down and chopped up and taken away. No way. Now, this is the... Oh, Lord. This is uh, on the, uh, what I call the Parramatta Road. It may not be actually called that. No, I think it, it is by, Parramatta Road. Yeah. Passing Concord Oval there. Yeah. They're 24-metre high posts, the tallest in the Southern Hemisphere. See, that's what people forget. I didn't know that. Tallest in the Southern Hemisphere. I knew Hemisphere. they were tall because yeah. they draw your eye when you drive past. Yeah, I've I had used lots to. of pranks. Yeah. Looking at the goalposts and not yeah. the traffic or near mm. pranks mm. and remain standing even after the ground's multi million upgrade was completed. Now, that's the, where the centre of excellence that's is.
2: That's the West
1: Target centre of excellence. Yeah, that's centre point. Now, the, the uh, Murdoch press suggested that these goalposts held a cherished place in Australian rugby history. They do. In the
2: same way, the photos they found on the ground. Exactly. Remember, Campo so, was camper walking was out around. out
1: there and he had to go out with his ute to pick him up that's and right. get him reframe. That's right. They were amongst the rubble, these famous photographs. Now, this is after Concord hosted five games of the inaugural 1987 World Rugby Cup, including yeah. Australia's heartbreaking semi-final defeat to France. That's right. Uh, but on Wednesday, they were unceremoniously dismantled and carted away. Oh. The local council said, uh, following the condition assessment of the goalposts at Concord, they've been redeemed to be unsafe due to rust and deterioration requiring removal. Right. So, the council has consulted with Concord Oval stakeholders, including West Tigers, West Harbour Rugby, ARU, NSW. Uh, whilst mm. the council stakeholders recognise his unification of the goalposts, they understand the need for removal. Right. But West Harbour captain Ben Huckstep sa- started the petition aimed at getting the council to change its mind. Right. Yes, good. Mm. Uh, the petition.
2: Huckstep. good.
1: Yeah, Stepping the, up, good man. The. the, the uh, Petition urged the council to revamp and maintain the post instead of outright removal, but despite gaining more than weight for it, 1,200 signatures. Right.
2: I mean, this is a... a that's uh, that's only been in a few months he's got the... the, the I know, that's like almost everybody
1: within, you know, 250 yeah. miles of the joint. That's right. Kilometres of the joint. Who
2: are aware of rugby.
1: That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. They said it was. This is the uh, Huckstep view. Yep. They said it was a rust issue and they were unsafe. But I'm not sure why they couldn't find an engineer to fix up the metal and get them refurbed and put them back up. Well, how much would it cost to refurb them? Probably well, not that much. Next people to would volunteer. Well, people, you could probably get a, a plumber to put a, an inner or yeah, what do they call it? Slide yeah, something inside. Sure, sure. Everyone I've spoken to is heartbroken. All heartbroken. the players are absolutely shattered. I mean, bad. that's that's a
2: how much did it impact on our. On World our Cup. on our World Cup tilt, I right. mean, if the word gets through, and it would have got through already, they'd know about it. Those Wallabies, they would, they would. And but the
1: goalposts have gone at Concord. What? I know. I don't want to play anymore. Yeah, they 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 were my guiding light. Yeah. I dreamed of booting a ball over that black dot. That's right. It's just not West Harbour. It's all the Subbies finals, the Shoot Shield finals, the World. That's Cup right. Here. You know, it's really about Australian Shoot rugby. Shoot Shield. Yeah, all she those memories. Australian rugby. Yeah. Uh, the very top of the goalpost is taken into a shed and... Uh, oh, stories oh. The no, you crime. don't want to know. I mean, no, you, you just drop off there. Yeah, yeah. Now,
2: well, that's a shocking story.
1: I mean... There but, are no winners in that story. That's why I hate no. that story. Only the There's uh, no hope. I only mean, the contractors who are paid to take them away. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: And they'd right. be doing it with they'd tears. They'd be laughing. In their eyes.
2: No, te- oh, tears, yeah. One of the two. <laughs> One of the two. It just impacts on the dreamers in our community, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, you're going to say, what's the point in dreaming? I used to dream about Concord Oval, about the goalpost there and the kicking golfers. something over and scoring there, but it's never going to happen now. And I bet your schools have been there? Schools they would have been. <clears> oh, yes. It was a great excursion. Where are we going this week? Uh, Concord Oval. Concord oh, Oval. can see? we see the goalposts? Yes. Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> goalposts, sir. Can yeah. we see those? Now, one story that really worried me was the Wallabies Mm. apparently will pocket 175,000, and I assume that's each, if they lift the World Cup trophy. So they get paid to go. This is not, they're not over there.
2: They're not over there for
1: nothing. No. They haven't
2: volunteered.
1: No, and I'm not sure, I should know um, how much they get earned for each match, but uh, 175,000 each. This is a bonus. Bonus. Alan Joystock. Alan Joystock. Right. If the Wallabies reach the semifinals, the players would pocket 25000 each. The last time there was an incentive to qualify for a semifinal was in 2007, but it's never been this lucrative. Right. However, as part of the agreement, it's understood there would be no extra cash out if the Wallabies won their semi and progressed to the final at uh, Stud de France, yeah. but should the Wallabies replicate the feats of John Eels and win, mm-hmm. they'd get an extra one hundred and fifty thousand to top up the overall bounty of one hundred and seventy-five. Now this raises a lot of questions oh, for me.
2: Yeah,
1: how much women's rugby feel?
2: Yeah, they're up the end and back into the plane. Well, when they, everything yeah.
1: when push comes to shove on everything,
2: yeah,
1: they're always they're yeah. always aren't
2: they aren't they always worried about bankruptcy and have well, got no what,
1: money. Well, that's what I think. Meaning uh, sponsorship, Cadbury's come on in. We've got nothing to do with rugby but we'd love your money. Yeah. And I don't quite get how this wouldn't be seen as, um, well, how do I put it, you know, a, a sort of a, a money that could be well spent on junior rugby yes. to support the grassroots of the game. Well, the, to well getting, get,
2: getting rust out of the buddy. Yeah, I was and, just going
1: to say, refurb the yeah, goalposts, goalposts yeah. Concord. Uh, in 20, 2015. what well, insult to the players anyway,
2: as if, they, you know, the only reason we're going to try and win is for the money,
1: not for the glory. Now, surely that's the distinction between rugby union and rugby league. Yes. The, they, rugby, the, the rugby league, you league.
2: expect it. You only do it for money. <laughs> that's right. That's but why that's rugby the, would know who with their right mind to play rugby for any other reason <laughs> than, than you think the game's great.
1: I think it's built as the game they play in heaven. Oh, yeah. Now, in 2015, the ARU placed a bet worth up to 300000 on Wallabies winning the World Cup to cover the $3.1 tournament tour win bonuses. Mm. Yeah, is that the way they do business still? Yeah. This is 2015, what's that, about eight years ago? Yeah. They're betting to get the win bonus. I mean, what are they doing this time around? 175000 each. Yeah. I mean, biggest, you know, know. what do they want to become? Rugby league? Yeah. I mean. And I do worry about, uh, you know, equity issues here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, wouldn't it be great? Well, if I mean, would the tax office be
0: interested in this? They certainly would. Footy faithful, oh. ever thought about becoming the Pope of the Punt? It's a challenging career, but has the big upside of offering weekly redemption for all transgressions. No need to change your gear. Come in your footy jumper and boots. Become the Pope through the Las Vegas Church of Rugby League. Soldier on, bludgers. Yes, uh, Roy, uh, obviously the uh,
1: Giants are playing uh, St. Oh, sorry, St Kilda, that's wrong, Port Power oh, in yeah. Adelaide today. Yep. Later today, and uh, yeah. playing for a place in the preliminary finals. Is one that of those fantastic? Teams done, well, terrific, and yeah. uh, chatting with Adams Kingsley. Um, you know, this week he, he basically said, "Well, why not us? Yeah. Somebody's got to win it. Yeah. Why couldn't it be us?" And he yeah. says, um, well, "I suppose two horse race. Someone's going to win. Yes, yeah, <laughs> 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 eventually somebody will win." He said the importance of striking a balance between being focused on the field and creating a fun culture for the players. Oh, yes. I always worry when it goes in this direction, you know. Mm, Yes. Especially moving to the pressure of the finals. You can't always be head down and just focusing on the game. This is Adam's position. Yeah. Because ultimately if you spend all your nervous energy playing the game before you've actually stepped onto the field, it's not helpful. Mm. And if you don't actually enjoy the moment, you probably look back at the journey and think, well, it wasn't all that enjoyable. And certainly, that's certainly not what we want to create at the Giants. Yeah. You can hear guys there in the background having some fun, and that's who we are, and that's what we want to be. I think we've been uh, been that across the course of the year, irrespective of win or loss. Now, mm. having some fun. Yes. I mean, it, how far from having fun to it wasn't us out there? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this, I know you've got to strike a balance, but it is serious business. We just broke a story a while ago that the Wallabies are going to get $175,000 each if they win. Mm. How much more serious do you want it? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I know. It's, it's, it doesn't seem right. It seems counterintuitive.
1: You know, when the it? team met at the start of the season with uh, <coughs> Grass as your yeah. coach, yeah. he'd never suggest let's make it fun this year.
2: Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. I mean, fun was the last thing on his mind. Yeah. Last thing. I mean, he, after a win, he used to sometimes share a joke. Yeah. You know, just to, uh, you, know, I was, uh, you know, have you heard the one about sort of thing?
1: Yeah. You know, My breaks. dog's got no nose. Yeah. it yeah,
2: smells horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, funny. You know, we'd laugh a little bit. Oh, often we'd just laugh just to make him feel a little, Better. Bit, a little bit happy. But, uh, and we uh, would never tell a joke, though, if we lost. He just didn't think it was appropriate. No, fair enough. But I noticed that um, uh, John MacDonald, the, uh, the uh, initial, inaugural, I should say, uh, rugby, the uh, state of origin coach for Queensland, who left us this week, uh, wonderful ambassador for rugby league, wonderful career both as a kangaroo and I think he might have played for Manly for a while uh-huh. as well. Um, he always believed in the grassroots of rugby league and as a coach uh, with the State of Origin team, he emphasised having fun. Right. According to mm. Wally Lewis, who spoke glowingly about him because uh, he was Wally's first State of Origin coach and said,
1: I just want you to have fun out there. So uh, there might be something to it that could be unlocked. The other day when, say, uh, you know, the the, the biter mm. got oh, to bite, work. bite-up, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah, to yeah. work. Toothy boy,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Was he having fun, do you think? Uh, do you know what I mean? The arm's in the mouth. I've got a chomp to get yeah. rid of it, you know.
2: Well, I'm not too sure, Is she? Uh, I just picked that but, uh, yeah, up. I, I know that. But you've got to ask yourself, if someone comes up and bites you, are they doing it for fun? If they are, I suppose it changes you, the way you look at it. You, you know, you look at the bite mark in your arm and you think, oh, well, that's funny. Um, but often they're not. Often there's malice involved. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. I don't think I don't think White went the chomp to get a laugh. I don't think so.
1: No. No.
2: I, I don't think so. I mean, you could ask him.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I'm pretty sure he oh, didn't.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, it, that could have been his defense. It was a joke.
0: <laughs> Common question. Are rugby league players good in a crisis? academic studies conducted over 50 years have all concluded that Rugby League players are 17% more effective in a crisis than any other group of people. Stats produced weekly on Bludging on the Blind Side.
1: And obviously at this time of year, Roy Mad Monday features prominently and reviews mm. of clubs for the previous season or the season just completed also in people's thoughts. Yes. Now, a powerful group of West Tigers owners met with frustrated supporters before commissioning a review into the governance of Embattled Club, mm. which could have major implications on how the joints run. Right. Now. About time. Well, we broke the story a while ago about the uh, the end the... Pasco Fiasco. Movie, oh, that's right.
2: Which, which prompted uh, the Free Jared movement.
1: Correct. <laughs> correct. Mm. Now, it's got to do with the idea that fans can have a say yeah. in the running of clubs mm-hmm. and not necessarily be uh, on committees or be official standard bearers or office bearers of the club. They're fans. They support the club. They're interested. They kind of go to watch games. They sit on the hill in rain, etc. Yep. Anyway, so they... They're the lifeblood of the club. The lifeblood, thanks very much. So, less than a fortnight after their season ended with a second wooden spoon straight, the majority shareholders in the Tigers announced that they're going to have... They've contracted ex-NRL executive Tony Crawford mm-hmm. to put the club's structure under the microscope. Right. Mercifully, to, no timeline has been given for the report to be tabled, which oh, I like because there's so yeah. many issues to discuss. Yes. But can I point out the thing that hovers in the background here is the Gould report into St George. St George, yes. Which was never published. was <laughs> never published. Mm. Some say it was never written, yes. but we don't believe that. No, we don't. We know it was written. That's a fact. That's a fact. They're sitting on it. They're sitting on it. Because it's too explosive. Explosive, that's mm. right. It's controversial and it will destroy It would destroy careers, 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 yes. And almost certainly would destroy... Administrative the... careers, not the yeah. players. The, the,
2: the play- it's not we'll the the players. The players will come Players, oh, the players
1: are okay. And... Ta- and believe you me, this will go to the very top of rugby league in Australia. Yes. And uh, certain players have already moved offshore to avoid.
2: That's right. They've gone overseas. They have. Change nationality. <laughs> <Change>
1: nationality. <laughs> yep. Uh Yep. But amid further changes in the football department, the Tigers have told Alex Twal he's free to leave before the end of the contract and assistant coach Dave Ferner has been axed. With a year left on the deal, the spotlight will now fall on its off-field operations. Now, right. this worries me that they've... Made a jump here. Before the Crawford Report. Well the <laughs> <laughs> Correct, Tony Crawford. Right. Uh
2: so they're preempting the the to the Crawford Report. They, they think the Crawford report is going to blind Ferner. is that
1: right? I take it that's where it'll end up, oh, the land. Lord, okay. That review has been instigated by Holman Barnes Group, tra- the trading name of the Western Suburbs Leagues Club Limited, which owns 90% of the West Tigers. Right. It's the first sign of potential summer of change looming at the joint venture. Now, I had no idea that it no. was hol- owned wholly bolus not, not me. by the. Uh, Uh, Holman Barnes Group. The Holman Barnes Group. What do they do in their spare time? What do they cook up? Probably a shoe sales operation, I would think. Right. With a side interest in rugby league and Uh, footy boots. Okay. The board of the Holman Barnes Group has commissioned an independent report into the governance of the West Tigers and the club said the board would like to thank all members, fans of West Tigers for their feedback in relation to this matter, especially Mm. all those who took the time to sign the petition that was submitted through the host West Tigers uh, to, through through the hosts of the West Tigers podcast, so a lot of people oh, got in touch with. I the didn't know they the had a
2: podcast. What right. do they
1: talk about? Failure, <laughs> where we went wrong. Yeah, where we're going to go better next year. Yeah,
2: you know, that players was. coming
1: to uh, to uh, Tiger Town. Right. While unable to set a specific time frame. Mm. Well, there's so much to talk about. I mean, you couldn't set a specific time frame mm. uh, for the completion of report. We are hopefully be completed in a timely manner. Right. Now, well, what's a
2: timely manner in their view? 12 months, 18 years. <laughs> Somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. And what? what's Tony Crawford's background in, in examining the... Has the,
0: he
1: ever played rugby league? Has he
2: ever played rugby league? I bet he hasn't. No, bet he hasn't. Can I... Very few Crawfords have played rugby league. No. When was the last time you heard someone
1: call a Crawford out on the paddock? I can't think of one time. No. There was a Crawford... wasn't There, a... there was Bob Crawford... Yeah, wasn't there a, a federal report into sport in Australia called the Crawford Report? The Crawford Report, report was there? It, it encouraged more localisation of sport. Right. Well, you know, local well, that grassroots. fell on deaf ears, didn't oh, No, it? of course it did.
2: Of course it did. Most of these things do. Now,
1: now I, I, I don't know if we're going to get to the bottom of this week. This, how about this, though? Mm-hmm. High-profile lawyer established West Tigers 24 years ago has expressed, wait, quote, grave fears that his club could be forced to relocate. The West Tigers?
2: What, from Concord Oval, the $178 million centre of excellence,
1: where are they going to move to? It would break my heart and break the hearts... Overseas? Heart. Well, hang on. It would break the hearts of many, many fans, mm-hmm. said Jim Marsden, the former Western suburbs chairman who founded the joint venture with Balmain counterpart Johnny Chalk. Yeah. While Marsden desperately hopes his former club can formulate a proper, properly developed plan for the success he cannot shake an uneasy feeling the West Tigers could... Be targeted if the NRL calls for clubs to be relocated. Now, this has gone very, very QT, mm. but it's obviously bubbling away yeah, in the background. In the background,
2: yeah. Uh, because you there know, are still too many clubs in
1: Sydney. Too many clubs in Sydney. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, a second successive wooden spoon this season, the club has won three games, has heightened Marsden's fears. Uh, yeah, now, yeah. this is before the other. The Crawford report got underway. Yep. From someone who was one of the founders of the club, I have grave fears something has to give. If you're on the bottom of the ladder forever, you're gonna lose mm. you're gonna lose your fan base. Yeah. Now, the League NRL is always looking to expand. If they have to expand at the expense of another club, they're likely to do it if that club is down the bottom. Mm-hmm. If a club has to be sacrificed in the interest of expansion, a club on the bottom of the ladder losing popularity, is the easiest one to sacrifice. Yep. I don't think it's actually a threat at the moment, but unless something is done, meaning they can't win the wooden spoon again, it could get to that level. It's extremely disappointing. Yes. When you look at it, you think there's nowhere to you know, there's nowhere to go. I mean they bottom yep. disappointing, etc.
2: Now where do Well you there is a, there is somewhere to go. Didn't we didn't we make the point last week that while I got the wooden spoon last year, it was more difficult to get the wooden spoon this year because there was another club, the Dolphins. <laughs> so if another club comes in, it's gonna be just that much harder to get the wooden spoon again. See, you've got to build on what you've got. You've
1: got to build on what you got. You've got to turn it you've around. You gotta have from dreams. <laughs> dreams. Thank you very much. And say we got the spoon, yeah, were well,
2: You think it was to get the spoon last year? Well, we
1: got
2: going to this year. I know. Right, I know. Crawford Report. Someone suggesting, HG, that Alan Joyce could uh, <laughs> present the Clive Churchill medal. <laughs> and uh, someone else is suggesting perhaps the CEO of Lowe's America now could be talking. flown out.
1: Now you're talking.
2: Wouldn't that be a, a surprise call for the CEO? Alan Joyce yeah, yeah, would be yeah, inspired, yeah, yeah, though, yeah, yeah, if yeah, we couldn't yeah, get that. Oh, yeah, you
1: want me to what? <laughs> the boss Let's face it, you and I have met some big overseas people. They, you know, in terms of business and stuff. Oh, I think we met the head of Audi once. We did. And they get on very well with Australians. They love, you know, the Australian sense of humour. They do.
2: They do. They just love it.
1: didn't we meet the head of Chrysler in Australia? Chrysler in Australia,
2: yeah. Steve Shug. One singular sensation. One singular sensation. What a night that was. I think uh, Don't Stick'em Schlick'em might have been there as well that Boy, night. Well, he was the head of... He was there, but he, Cro- didn't, he had that German sense of humour, i.e. nothing's funny. <laughs> <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> it looks as if Cliff Lyons has been pencilled in to present the Clive Church. Cliff Lyons, that's I a think good... I think Cliff kid. might have won it in the past. Is he fishing? I don't know if Cliffy goes fishing with Sterlo, well, with the golf club. Yeah, just, with the uh, golf club. Just tie a line to the club and... Hurl it over.
1: I think they used the club more in a more bash the fish while where they were. Oh, okay. got
2: oh, gotcha. Right. Yeah, right.
1: Now, <clears throat> good news though for Cellar Dwellers Bulldogs. Mm. Addo Carr, who joined the Dogs ahead of the 2022 season, yeah. went into bat for Serralo, the coach. And as a message for fans of the proud club, wait for it. Right. and It's a good button to end on. Yes. We can't control what people say. We know what we're trying to do and improve within the four walls of Belmore. We're working hard behind the scenes, on and off the field. Our mental game, our performances on the training paddock, are are obviously our results on the weekend. But we're in good hands with Cam, Gus and all the coaching staff that are involved. We definitely work our backsides off and that's it and I can't explain uh, that uh, what was under siege, you know, coach building at Belmore and the values he was attempting to instill, you know, with his bashing the players who don't agree with what he's doing. Mm. So it's good coming from it the Fox
2: is, isn't it? that I they're mean, on the,
1: track. I mean, the Fox is very experienced. He's been around. He knows success.
2: He's, smelt, he's tasted success with Bellamy, hasn't he? He has. He has. Oh, so I know he, the Fox. Can, he can bring, he can at least tell the boys what it feels like to win a premiership. Because probably someone at, uh, at Belmore, they probably still have dreams of one day winning a premiership. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. And they can true. turn to the Fox and say, what was it like? And they can say, oh, it's just great. <laughs> can we see your ring? Sure. <coughs> would you do it again? Yeah, would you do it again? Yeah, I'd do it again.
1: Yeah. Could you do it here with us? I don't think so. <laughs> we haven't got the structures. Structures? Structures! We haven't got the what culture. <laughs> we haven't got the culture. We've got rid of that culture. Yeah. You know, we don't bash up enough players. No. Uh, a lot of people arrive yeah. late. Yeah,
2: they're late for training.
1: Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> yeah,
2: I know. Yeah, What we did Bellamy get... do with players late for training? Oh, I don't know. Mm. Never happened. Never happened? Never happened. Wow, there's, this tale there's a tale. There's a tale, isn't there?
1: There is. There is. Mm. Uh, look, that brings us to the end of uh, bludging on the Blind Side for another week. Remember the podcast? Yep. And you can, even with the podcast, you really can get two hours of your life back. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, well, I'll never get those two hours. again." Yeah, you will. You will. Uh, yeah. you'll listen to it again and think, well, that wasn't that funny the first time, but no. hilarious the second that's time. Right. And it uh, all depends on the context. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, look, uh, join us again next week. Keep dreaming, HG. That, that's the lesson, isn't it? This week. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. What a great thing to end on. Yeah. No matter where you ended up in the rugby league firmament, yeah. keep, dreaming. keep dreaming. That's it for bludging on the Blind Side. Same time, same place. Stay tuned for Andrew and the gang, as they call another eight hours of rugby league, right here on ABC Grandstand. Bye now.